0: With free agency a week out, the quarterback wins around the NFL are blowing. Will Kirk Cousins sign with the Broncos or won't he? Does it matter? We'll answer that question. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen, your go to show for all things Broncos.
0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! podcast presented by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, Scout Media, CBS Sports Digital. With me today, once again, my friend Eric Trickle, Senior Analyst at Mile High Huddle. Eric, my friend, what was your biggest takeaway from the NFL scouting combine?
1: That Orlando Brown shouldn't go in the first round, and I even question his day two viability
0: For those who aren't sure exactly what we're talking about, Orlando Brown Jr., the big left tackle who protected Baker Mayfield's blindside at Oklahoma, a lot of draft nicks and those in the scouting draft community had him as a first-round caliber offensive tackle. Not everybody, but a lot did, uh, pending his testing at the NFL scouting combine, and he showed up to Indy and apparently was completely unprepared, as I understand, Eric. I'll let you take this, but completely fell flat on his face, uh, so to speak, in terms of his, uh, all of his on-field testing and his weight, from what I understand, too, Eric. Was, uh, he was overweight, like 330 or something like that.
1: He came in at 345, and teams wanted him at no higher than 325.
0: Insane, insane. What does that communicate? If you're an NFL team looking to not only invest a draft pick, in an offensive tackle, but also some serious coin. We're talking millions of dollars. These kids, these, granted, young men, they know full well how important the combine is and how much it can hurt or help their draft stock. And it's it's really NFL teams' one and only uh, shot to get an up-close and personal look, you know, unbiased testing on the prospect. To have someone completely forsake the importance of the combine you know whether it's their physicality, not getting the weight down, not getting the weight up, you know, not practicing the on-field on drill so that they can perform at a high level when the time comes. I mean, that's not communicating his performance, Orlando Brown Jr. was not a very good resume, didn't communicate much to give teams in the NFL much confidence at least in the first round, maybe even the second round.
1: Yeah, it's shows just a lack of preparation on in so many different ways. Show up overweight and then he used the excuse that you've always been fat. I think that's what makes it so bad is that he came out and somebody asked him about it and he just shrugs it off like, I've always been fat. Like, well, then put in more effort to try to keep <laughs> your weight down. He
0: right. came
1: in with questions, with concerns about his weight at Oklahoma and he did nothing but raise more questions about that. Then he put up 14 reps on the bench press. Mm. Like, yeah, I get he's got 35 inch arms, but for the average for like the last six years, I think it was for. Anybody, any offensive lineman with 35 inch arms or longer, mm-hmm. they're putting up 23 and a half bench reps.
0: There you go. And he put
1: up 14. Like so, obviously that's not the best weight to have on there. It's not musclely; it's fat. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said, oh, I've always been fat. Like that just doesn't cut it.
0: Right. Shout out to the fat guys. I say that as I'm patting my own paunch here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe 20 lbs overweight. I don't know. 25. I'm working on it though. I'm working on it. I've lost like. 13 pounds since the start of the new year. So I'm, I'm taking it a little bit more seriously. But I, did, I do think it was interesting, Eric, the response of Baker Mayfield when he was at the podium at the combine. And he was asked about Orlando Brown and all that. And he kind of got fired up a little bit, you know, defending the guy who protected his blind side for all those years. And really what it came down to for Baker Mayfield, what he landed on was, look, how often was I sacked? How many sacks did Orlando Brown... Uh, give up uh, to me. I mean, I, I, he was confident in Orlando Brown, and who knows? Maybe this will just be one of those strange, uh, you know, phenomenas in the draft process and the history of the draft, and Brown will go on to have a, a solid, if not spectacular, NFL career. Who knows? According to Baker Mayfield, he's, he's the man. He's the best tackle in the class, but you have to question this guy's overall football IQ, I think, and just really fully understanding the scope and how important the combine is because he just failed in so many ways. And we have a lot to get to today. But first, understand this show. We're here to give you a deep dive on your favorite team, the Denver Broncos. We assume it's your favorite team. That's why you're listening to this show. But we do need your help. Take a second, if you haven't done this, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to Google Play, wherever you listen to the show, and leave a creative review, rate the show. So important to helping us grow this thing. Leaving reviews, rating the show, it's it's the one thing, one of two things you can do to really contribute and help the show. We're going to talk about the second thing here in a second. Also, you want to follow the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Also, find Mile High Huddle on Facebook and Twitter because we're talking NFL free agencies coming in a week We're going to be, I mean, the rumors, the buzz, the tidbits, they're going to be flying hot and heavy, and you're simply not going to want to miss a single episode. We're going to try and drop as many podcasts during next week, day to day to day, as we possibly can, whether it's Huddle Up, uh, this show, whether it's... Nick and Carl, whether it's trickle-down theories, we're going to be trying to bring you as much podcast content covering the events, breaking it down, giving you the analysis. So make sure you're, you're subscribing because you're not going to want to miss any of that. Now, here's the second thing, you guys, that you can do to support the show. And again, I say this because as much as Eric and I, Nick, Carl, we all love doing this, okay? This is a passion. When you're doing something that is a passion, it never feels like work. But in order for us to continue to bring you this content, we need you to also patronize and support our sponsors. Because without our sponsors, there's no bread at the table when it comes to this show. There's no financial means to keep it going. It costs money to host a podcast. costs money to produce a podcast. Time is money. We all invest our time into putting these shows together, sitting down, recording them, and all the stuff that goes into editing and then uploading it. And so having a sponsor is incredibly important. And we have one in Audible. Phenomenal, phenomenal service. A phenomenal app. And they have a great opportunity for you, the listener, to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You go to audibletrial.com slash huddleup. There's over 180,000 different titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, audibletrial.com slash huddleup. I was using it today. I'm a little bit of a Star Wars nerd. Eric and I were talking a little bit about this uh, off-show, but... The uh, the book version of the Last Jedi just came out, and even though I was already listening to something else, I hurried and downloaded it, and I've started listening to it because there's more information. I, I'm trying to figure out who this Snow Cat is, you know, the Supreme Leader of the the First Order. What the heck was going on with Luke and all that stuff? And Audible allows me to do that, even though I'm I'm spinning this job, I'm working on this piece, I'm doing this, I'm taking care of my kids, I'm at the gym, I'm in the kitchen, I'm in the yard, I'm doing all these different things. And as much as I love to read, I don't always have time to sit down and turn the pages on the books that I want to read. But Audible allows me to do that and will allow you to do that while you're doing other things and multitasking. And again, phenomenal way to support the show. We ask you, please patronize our sponsors. It helps keep us going. We appreciate you listening, but we also need your support. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the crux of today's show topic Kirk Cousins, the quarterback market, what the Sam Hill is going on in that department. A report broke uh, Monday, I believe it was, and I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, it was Matt Miller from Bleach Report that got this, this storm going. Um, they basically said that Kirk Cousins has crossed the Denver Broncos, essentially, off his list as a possible destination, and that really he has zeroed in as two uh, final candidates, and that is the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Jets. Well, to me, that's no skin off my teeth. You know, as someone who analyzes the Broncos, has been watching the Broncos since however long it was, 1983, many, many moons ago, for a long, long time, I've been watching this team, studying this team, a fan of this team. I can tell you right now that that doesn't make me lose a wink of sleep, if it were true. Now, we're going to talk about the veracity of whether it's true, what to believe, and all that stuff. But the idea... Eric, that Kirk Cousins, even before the legal tampering period, has already eliminated the Denver Broncos as a possible candidate for him to go on his next contract to his next NFL destination. Let me ask you this. Let's just assume it's true. okay? Let's just pretend for a second and assume that it's true. And we'll get to all the angles on this thing in our conversation here today. But let's assume for a second that it is true. Why would Kirk Cousins so prematurely Want to cut off the Denver Broncos as an option, assuming it's true?
1: I have no idea because I can't find one positive that comes for Kirk Cousins to do that. It's one less team that's going to be in there. If he's really after money, it's one less team causing a bidding war. Right. It's putting two, just two teams that against each other. And if one team backs out, then there's no one else to continue the bid war. (laughs) Right. And if both teams, both teams, Eventually say, hey, it's too expensive. What then? I'm sure another team will jump in, and you'll have to reopen it. But there's just, I just can't find a single positive from Kirk Cousins at this time. Narrowing his list down from four to two,
0: it is, it is odd. And again, just going down this this thought of what if it's true. The one theory that I that has has been broached to me that actually does, I think, have some merit. I heard it on. In all fairness, this isn't something that I came up with myself. I heard it on, uh, I can't remember what show, on uh, Denver Denver Radio. And basically the premise is that because Trevor Simeon and Kirk Cousins share an agent, obviously the last two years have been quite tumultuous for Trevor Simeon, even though it has very much advanced his career from being a seventh-round pick, just lucky to be in the NFL, to a viable starter that he won a job twice. Even though he's lost it and he's kind of fallen out of favor with the team— Trevor Simeon, there's a, there was a lot of drama that he was witness to, let's face it, behind closed doors last year as a quarterback, the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos, from the stuff that was going on with Mike McCoy that led to his uh, dismissal midseason, to the drama of an inexperienced first-year head coach, having to bring in Bill Musgrave and totally change things as far as a play caller and design and game planning to the locker room turmoil and all the different things that were going on there, different players, and all the way up to the top, whatever his relationship might be with Gary Kubiak. I think it's safe to assume that that information has been communicated to his agent, and it wouldn't be beyond the realm of the possible to also assume one step further that some of that information has slipped from the agent who's trying to advise his client on the best possible destination. Kirk Cousins, what do you say about that?
1: I think it's actually very likely that Simeon passed up some information to his agent and he mentioned it to Cousins, but the situations would be different. Trevor Simeon was never established himself as a starter. Yeah, he kind of took the starting job when Paxton Lynch lost it and he, but he struggled. He never established himself as a set starter and all these other issues there are stuff that they're trying to put behind him. Kirk Cousins comes in, it gives them a stable quarterback, a set starter, and somebody that they can't point at and say, hey, we no longer have bad quarterback play. That's why every a- other aspect of this team is struggling. That Because with them using that as the reason why, a big reason why they kept Vance Joseph mm-hmm. is that they didn't have the quarterback play. Right. Getting Kirk Cousins, it eliminates that. And right. then if... Kirk, if Vance Joseph ends up losing his job and they have Kirk Cousins, you can use that as a another recruiting tool to, for Cousins, actually, mm. is because now you have the option of, hey, if he loses his job, we're going to let you have a little bit of a voice in who we hire. We know there's a guy who you think really highly of that's an offensive coordinator with the Titans now, and Matt LaFleur will bring him in if it, something happens and if you okay it. And right. a bunch of different variables in it. But to answer your question is, yeah, I think that some of that information has been passed along, but I just can't see it having such a big influence that he takes them off the list now. Right. Because it's just, there's no other positives really to it. Plus agents, they balance all kinds of different players. One year, I can't can't remember if it was last year or the year before, Denver cut a player and then turned around and signed a player who was represented by the same agent. And they basically did it within a couple hours. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Agents have to balance out their different clients, and they know that.
0: You know, it's it's an interesting, I think, for, for Broncos fans being on the inside looking out, sometimes fans, even with a couple of not-so-hot seasons and, of course, the terrible 5-11 and finish, I think it's easy for some fans to put on the orange-colored glasses, the blinders, if you will, and just assume that the Broncos are viewed around the league at this current moment the way they are. In the state of Colorado and the greater Rocky Mountain region. But the reality is, if you're looking at it from someone like Kirk Cousins, who we've been told, you know, the former GM Scott McLuhan of the Redskins talked about this a little while back, how meticulous Kirk Cousins is as a as a preparer, not just on game day but he plans out his day uh, to, the, to every 15 minutes. He knows exactly what he's going to be doing each and every day in terms of deciding which teams to go to. This guy's probably already done, even before free agency opens up, countless and countless hours of study on each team. Well, if you look at the Denver Broncos and you compare the Broncos to some of the other options, you compare them to the New York Jets, and other than money, I don't really see any, any comparison. I'll give you that. The Broncos are much more attractive destination than a place like the New York Jets who, you know, the Broncos went through a tumultuous five and 11 season last year. That's business as usual for the New York Jets. Let's face it. That's just their standard operating procedure. But when you compare the Broncos to a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who are arguably literally one quarterback away, even if it's a short-term window because they have so much young talent, the plan on the cheap right now that within the next two to four years they're going to have to pony up and pay or let go. A lot of that, the stars on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball are not going to be Vikings three years from now, but they still have that window. And also, all, most reports have said that Cousins is actually looking for a three-year deal because he wants to still be able to be in control of his destiny short term. He wants to be able to negotiate another contract. He knows the market's just going to continue to climb in terms of quarterback money. So he wants a short-term deal, and that actually fits quite well with what the scenario would be, Eric, in Minnesota because they have the window, they have the talent now. Three to four years from now, it might not be there, but that gives Kirk Cousins that window of time to get in there, sink his roots, and try and get this team over the hump. Whereas the Denver Broncos, you know, a year ago, this time last year, I would have said the Broncos are a quarterback away. I would I would have felt confident saying that all they needed was that quarterback and that would be put them right back over the hump. I, I I can't say that with a straight face anymore. There's too many holes, too many question marks on the coaching staff, and I just I don't think the Broncos really are as an attractive option as a team like the Minnesota Vikings. And if all things were being equal financially, both teams were offering about the same amount of money. If he's interested in winning now. I think Minnesota makes more sense, but here would be here here's what my pitch would be, Eric. Tell me what you think of this. If I'm John Elway and I know that this guy is thinking hard and fast about joining the Minnesota Vikings and the money's pretty dang close, I'm going to pitch to them or to him the fact that my organization has been to what is it? 8 Super Bowls now, Eric? Winning three. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So my organization has been to 8 Super Bowls, all but one of them I have had my fingerprints on them, whether as a player or a GM. And we have an established culture of winning. We have an established expectation of winning. We want to graft you into that. We want to weave you into that culture. And we believe that with your uh, presence on the team and a couple of tweaks here and a couple of tweaks there on the roster— we're right back in the playoff hunt, and what we all know once a team gets to the playoffs, all bets are off. Anything can happen. That's how I would present to Kirk Cousins in comparison to a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who, you know, they've been to, f- to four Super Bowls. They've lost them all. They've made it to two conference championship games in the last 20 years, missed them both, lost them both. And even though Mike Zimmer, there's a lot to like, I, I personally am a huge fan of Mike Zimmer, I think that that would be the angle that I would take. I would I would make some more selling points about my uh, wideouts being more experienced in big games, having been down that road. You know, They might be older, but they're just as talented as the guys that are in Minnesota. There's a strong argument to be made, but if you just look at it based on on the window and personnel right now, Eric, I don't know how much of a comparison the Broncos really are to a team like the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I, I would to start with the Jets because I keep having people tell me that the Jets are – more desirable with the roster and everything. And I just don't see it. I mean, this Broncos team underachieved this last year. There's no questions about that. They went five and 11 and they shut out the New York jets. So come on now. True. As for the Vikings, I think Denver, if Denver got the kind of play that the Vikings got last year, I could see Denver having maybe not as much success, but being a lot more successful. And I think that's going to be the main talking point. If if I get cousins in to visit, and I'm John Elway, I start as you mentioned at those three Lombardies. That's where I start, and that's where I end, because that's what everything is about in the NFL: is getting those Lombardies. Hey, we have three, one of which in just the last few years. And Minnesota, what have they done? Mm-hmm. They got blown out in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, it was to the Super, to the Super Bowl champions, but they still got blown out. Yep, and their roster isn't perfect either. I, and I would exploit that. They have some, maybe some issues on that interior defensive line. They have all that young talent that they're not going to be able to keep if they get Kirk Cousins, especially on this rumored three year, 91 million, mm-hmm. 100% guaranteed contract that's out there. Right. They have issues at cornerback. Like their safeties are great. They have some good linebackers, but their corners aren't very good. Then as for weapons, they have they have a good running back in Dalvin Cook if he takes the step needed to be that as he should. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a rookie this year and he got hurt. They have Kyle Rudolph, who's a pretty good tight end, who's often not mentioned, but I think he's up there in the top ten, maybe top five. I'd agree. They have Stephon Diggs and they have um the other receiver who I can't think of his name. Yeah, so they have talent, but they are they're missing some. They have some holes on that offensive line as well. So they have holes on their roster and Denver does too, but you got, you got to throw that comparison out there. Like, Hey, we have a defense that's basically all intact. Yeah. We still can use a little bit of help getting after the quarterback and we can use some help um, defending covering linebackers and, or covering tight ends and running backs and coverage. Right. But we've got our experienced corners. We've got a super bowl MVP on our roster. Von Miller, who's the best pass rusher in the game from, in my opinion, and in most Bronco fans' opinion. I know there's many out there who would disagree with that. Denver has a lot of enticing bits on that roster. I think they are a little bit closer to returning to being a competitive team than many others do, especially if they draft well, which we haven't seen completely from John Elway. And... Signing Kirk Cousins doesn't mean they're out on every other free agent. It doesn't mean they can't bring in other help. I had a Twitter thread about this, and with just one move or two moves, Denver can get up to over $50 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. If Denver offers a fully guaranteed contract, say, with $30 million of it against this year, that still leaves them $20 million. Like, that's enough to make some moves. The year they signed Tlaib, Ware, Ward, and Sanders, they were only operating with like $28 million in cap space. Good point. So they can definitely still make that move. It all matters to, about how they structure the contracts. And this is one thing that I think is very underrated and unmentioned with Denver is they have a guy who many people have talked to say is the best guy in the NFL when it comes to structuring contracts, and that is Mike Sullivan.
0: Right. Not to be confused with new quarterbacks coach, Mike Sullivan, two different dudes. Uh, let's, let's make that distinction. But, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Kirk Cousins, if you're Kirk Cousins, you've got to keep in mind, too, is you go to the AFC West, you're contending with the likes of Derek Carr, an aging Phillip Rivers, and a burgeoning rookie, basically a second-year quarterback in Pat Mahomes. You go to the NFC North, you go to Minnesota, and you've got Aaron Rodgers coming off an injury-plagued season. Let's not forget, that's one of the reasons why Minnesota's path to the playoffs was as easy as it was I shouldn't say easy but as clear as it was was because Aaron Rodgers was out for most of the season there's Matthew Stafford and you know then you got Mitch Trubisky who's still an up and comer and who knows what'll happen there in Chicago but in terms of power rankings and and all that I mean there is more of a I think a direct path to the playoffs if he comes to the AFC West as opposed To the NFC North, an argument could be made in Denver's favor, and that's something I'm sure also that the Broncos will try and leverage in their negotiations and sales pitch to Kirk Cousins. We still have more of this topic that we want to digest here today before we get out of here, but first, we want to holler at you about why you need to become a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber and why now's the time to pull the trigger you got NFL free agency coming in a week. We've already highlighted that. It's going to be crazy. We are going to be dialed in, talking to all of our sources, not just the newswire, but talking to our own sources close to the Broncos and around the NFL to give you the latest, most up-to-date, inside information on what's really going down. Now, this show, the Huddle Up podcast... Eric's show, Trickle Down Theories. These are extensions of what we do at MileHighHuddle.com. Most of you understand that, but some of you, you're only familiar with the show because you listen on YouTube or because you listen on iTunes, you search Broncos, you found our podcast. But MileHighHuddle.com, our approach is to covering the Broncos. It's not just about reporting news because everybody does that. And in fact, most sites stick to the newswire because that's what gets the clicks. What we focus on is breaking down the Broncos in-depth, whether it's an all-22 film review, X's and O's, you know, deep dive player evaluation, and now leading into the off-season NFL draft, scouting reports, all that stuff, free agency analysis. But we save our best and most in-depth content for our VIP subscribers, our premium members. Now, to become a Mile High Huddle VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis and our VIP premium boards access to our staff – just click on the green banner at the top of the website. Click the monthly option if you want, and you'll be locked in. It costs $5 per month to take the monthly option. Uh, basically, the same cop, uh, cost as a, as a premium cup of joe, right? Or you can pay $49 for the year and save 11 bucks. But from there, you get access to everything we produce, which includes any inside information that we pick up along the way. And this time of year, free agency and NFL draft is when we get the most gems from our sources. We work hard to bring you the best Broncos coverage and analysis on the web, and we ask for your support at Mile High Huddle by becoming a VIP subscriber, and now's the time to pull the trigger. Do it. You have my word. You won't be disappointed. All right, now back to the discussion on Kirk Cousins and quarterbacks at large. I wrote a piece Monday, uh, and it's, it's nothing new in terms of my opinion on this and my analysis, which basically said, you know, the title was No Kirk Cousins. No problem. And this was a piece that went absolutely viral, not just on Google, but social media. Got a ton of traffic, ton of clicks, a lot of engagement. It was really fun talking to people about why I feel the way I do about Kirk Cousins. And I want to go into a little bit more detail about it because, you know, podcasting, one thing that's great about it is a longer form of getting your analysis out there within a written structure you kind of have to keep things moving you kind of have to follow your points and keep it going down the funnel it's got to have structure and not that podcasting doesn't but you know we can open things up a little bit and one thing I want to make clear to people and even though I said it in the piece I want to you know elucidate on a little bit more here I'm not saying and I've never said that Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback I don't think he is at all I think he right now on the lower end but in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the NFL right now but I have, for the last three months, been of the opinion that the Broncos would be better off as an organization to go to the NFL draft and capitalize on the the fifth overall pick they have in terms of filling their quarterback need and finding that next franchise guy than spending a ton of money on a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. And there's a, a few reasons why. Number one, Eric, and I want to get your thoughts on this because we haven't really discussed this between you and I one-on-one. My number one premise is you're investing – top-end dollars on a quarterback who, granted, has three consecutive 4,000 passing yards, uh, but one trip to the playoffs in which he got blown out. He has not been able to prove consistently that he can elevate the talent around him, that he can raise all ships, so to speak, like we saw with Peyton Manning. Not only that, but I think with Kirk Cousins, if, if this were a year in which the Broncos were picking in the 20s, like we're more accustomed to, you know, I think that I'd be a lot more amenable to the option of paying a guy like Kirk Cousins all that money. But I think where the distinction comes into play and where the rubber meets the road for me and why I'm so passionate about this particular point of view is that the Broncos have a rare opportunity. I mean, picking in the top five for the Denver Broncos, I mean, this only happens a couple of times every 30 years, two, three times every 30 years. Okay. And so because – and by virtue of that fifth overall pick, Eric – they're going to have the option, or the, at least they're going to be within striking distance of getting one of the top three quarterbacks in a class that I think is quite strong for quarterbacks, especially compared to last year with what the draft offered. This year, there are multiple, multiple first-round caliber options, and the top three. I mean, I, I'll allow that. You know, you get beyond the top two, really. There's quite a drop-off, but beyond the top three into the top four or five, there's there's quite a margin there, but sitting at pick five with Cleveland owning two of the first four picks and then New York Giants and Indianapolis Colts holding two and three, I think the Broncos, even in a worst-case scenario, Eric, if they had to package a little bit of a trade to move up to two to guarantee one of the top two guys, I just think it's such an opportunity to not only get the guy, the most proven, tried-and-true way of developing, a, of getting a franchise quarterback is drafting one and developing one. And at this point, I just don't see why – Paying a quarterback, all that money who's unproven in terms of, you know, the Broncos are all about getting to the playoffs, winning championships, Super Bowls, all that. Kirk Cousins hasn't proven that he can get there on a consistent basis. And, yeah, you can argue the merits and difference between this roster and that roster, what he had in Washington, what he would have in Denver. But you also got to consider that having a quarterback, look at the model that's put in place by some of the teams ever since Russell Wilson, right? getting a quarterback young who can come in and contribute relatively quickly on the cheap for four to five years, the Broncos' options in terms of roster building grow exponentially with that as an option as opposed to dropping $90 million guaranteed on a guy like Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, and to that point is with some of these other teams, with what happened with Seattle is they had other rookies too that had to come up that played great and they got big contracts. Denver doesn't really have that. They have Bradley Roby. He's the only young player that's up for a big contract in the next couple of years. I mean, Shane Ray, but I don't think he's worth resigning. So Mm-mm. I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely lean towards drafting a quarterback. I know on Twitter, I know what things I tweet out and say that it doesn't come off that way, but I have always been more draft a guy, mm-hmm. either jo- Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield go that route.
0: Right. We agree.
1: But I've, I've also been trying to make the case for all of them today. I found myself trying to make a case for Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I made a case for case Keenum. I, the case for just, case. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually what I ended up telling him is to Nick was a case for case. <laughs> and, but the thing is, is that if you go get a guy with like Kirk cousins, it opens, opens up the door for so many more options in the draft. And as a True. draft, Nick, I love those open doors. Right. I love the I love the options of trading down, of not being pigeonholed into having to take a quarterback, of where you're at risk of have to trade up or you'll miss out on these guys and get stuck with Lamar Jackson <laughs> or Josh Allen. Right. right. These project guys or having to go later and try to get Kyle Heberta or Mike White or Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. But getting that quarterback young, it also opens up the door in free agency too. You can go out and you can decide, okay, we're going to go the draft and go draft our quarterback. It's going to be Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield. We're going to, we have a trade in place to get number two. Let's say they do. Mm -hmm. You can now go say, hey, let's go at hard after Andrew Norwell. That gives us two guards. Yep. Hey, let's go get Paul Richardson and another receiver. And boom, we have four really good receivers that opens up the door with what we can do that. We don't have to commit money down the road even more to Demarius Thomas and, Eman- or Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders right. that we can move on from them next year. We can go get that linebacker who can help cover. We can go get that hard-hitting safety to play next to Justin Simmons. We can tr- make that trade for Sewell Gravens. We can go get Aaron Colvin at corner and have a dominant trio again. It opens up the, so many options with it, and it for established players. Right. So both sides have their pros and cons, but I definitely I definitely lean drafting that quarterback because as much as I'll make the case that you can still do all these other things by getting Cousins and, and committing that money to them, you still are going to be a little bit limited, especially this year. And then it, you're betting so much on you have to draft well.
0: Right. I mean, there's definitely arguments to be made. On one hand, with Kirk Cousins, you pay him, you're going to be more limited in free agency, but your options are going to be greater on draft day. You go the quarterback route via the draft, you're going to have a lot more... uh, you're, You're going to be more pigeonholed early in the draft in terms of your options, but in free agency, you're going to have more coin to spend, as you say, on experienced veteran talent. And again, if the Broncos were not picking at five, I would be much more amenable to the idea of, look, you know what, you need the quarterback, just pay the man the money. He's clearly the best free agent quarterback on the market. That I will not argue with. Okay, I'll never argue someone right now that Kirk Cousins is not the best option in terms of free agency right now. But there's so many other considerations that go into it. And holding that fifth pick, I mean, you know what, here's, here's really, I think, Eric, what would have to happen. If the Denver Broncos – either swing and miss on Kirk Cousins or make their offer knowing that there's a good chance he's going to turn it down and they stand pat and he turns it down. I think at that point, their very next phone call has to be to New York at 2 or Cleveland at 1 making the trade-up. I think you have to, if you you know you're missing out on Cousins or you knowingly choose to to pass on Cousins, whichever one it might be, I think the next call has to be a trade-up because at that point, You failure is not an option. You have to get Rosen or you have to get Baker Mayfield because, you know, Sam Darnold, who knows? He might end up being the guy that goes number one overall, but he's not the guy most qualified or cut out to come in and in the first two years make an impact for a team like the Broncos who need an immediate spark and an immediate turnaround. Either Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield, I am confident, as rookies can come in, and not that there won't be learning curves, not that there won't be some trial and error and some bumps in the road, but they can spark a team and provide clearly superior quarterback play than what the Broncos have had on roster over the last two years. But what say you about that? Do you agree with me that if the Broncos miss on Cousins, the next phone call has to be to New York or Cleveland saying, what's it going to take to move up?
1: I I don't think Cleveland as much. I mean, they seem pretty much stuck on from everybody I've talked to, everything I've heard, either Saquon Barkley or Sam Darnold. Hmm. So I don't, I don't think they're a threat. I don't think they're going to trade down. From What I've heard is Jimmy Haslam is kind of pushing against them trading down. It's He's tired of it. He wants the talent. Go get the talent. Help turn this team around now is the kind of mentality he has. So hmm. I, I don't think they need to get there, especially if Darnold and Barkley really are their targets. The Giants, who knows? I've for the longest time it was Josh Rosen. Right. Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen. But there is a lot of talk of Quentin Nelson and Saquon Barkley coming out now. Mm. So maybe maybe not the Giants either. But I definitely, no matter what, I would look at number three, the Colts. Mm. They want Quentin Nelson or Bradley Chubb, and they most likely can get one of them at five. Right. They're they're the best target because. If the Giants do go Josh Rosen, then Baker Mayfield falls in your lap. If the Giants go elsewhere, then you have Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield in your lap, provided the Browns go Donald or Barkley, as all talk that I've heard has been. Hmm.
0: Well, and that would make sense, because also the talk we've heard, and it makes sense, is that Hugh Jackson, having ties to A.J. McCarron, that he's going to be their primary free agent target uh, You know, when things open up next week— it makes a lot of sense as a guy who could come in and provide some steady leadership, maybe not be the next-level talented quarterback that your team needs but can keep the seat warm and your offense relatively competent and competitive while a Sam Darnold is learning a little bit on the job with maybe the idea of either having him sit his entire rookie year or at least the first half of the season and you know plan on putting him in after the bye or something like that. That would make sense for them to target a guy – like Sam Darnold who needs a little bit of time but if they don't go hard after a guy like AJ McCarron or another quarterback high up there you know in free agency maybe they're not focusing on a guy like Sam Darnold who as talented as he is and there's no he might be overall the most talented quarterback in the class you know him he and Josh Allen in terms of raw tools and and all that they might be pretty dang close to each other Darnold obviously much more Uh, And it's not saying too much, but more sophisticated than where Josh Allen is at this point in terms of being able to utilize his tool set in the most efficient way on the field. But if they go after the Cleveland Browns, A.J. McCarron, I think it's a pretty strong indicator that would support your argument that they're, and what you're hearing, that they like Darnold. And if that happens, yeah, then the Broncos wouldn't have to give up as much to move up to a three or a two as they would have to move up to pick number one.
1: Yeah, and another option too is they have that number four pick. Even if they go Barkley at number one, they can sit there and be hoping Darnold falls to the lap at number number four.
0: Hmm.
1: Be- if they if that is the guy they want, they and they get AJ McCarron, that could be the route they go. Go get that star running back to pair with them and try to follow kind of what the Bears did this last year with Glennon and Trubisky, and let Darnold sit and get him at four and start them at some point this year or even the whole even set them the whole year it, it's hard at the beginning of march free agency hasn't happened so the draft is well over a month away it's hard to say talk about all these different
0: scenarios
1: va- scenarios because there's so many variables right but i just think that denver's best spot best place to move up to is number three personally with the colts And take whichever one is still there between Rosen and Mayfield. I I wouldn't worry about trying to get up number two. I've heard the Bills have a lot of interest in getting up there and doing that. Mm. And if they do that, their eyes are set on Josh Rosen. All these other teams that are wanting to move up, the Dolphins have been linked to Baker Mayfield, but they seem like a long shot to be able to get up there. The Arizona Cardinals, but everything I've heard is that they want Josh Allen, the Ravens, the Steelers, those are two teams that I've heard with interest in a quarterback mm-hmm. early on, and Josh Allen makes a ton of sense for them. So if I'm Denver and you miss out on Cousins, and even if you get any one of these other quarterbacks, um, Keenum or Bridgewater or whoever, yeah. is I turn around, I call Indianapolis, and it's... What will it take for me to get up there? I'll offer you number five this year for number three, and I'll add in my second round. I'll add in my third round pick this year and my second round pick next year, and a third or fourth round pick either next year or the year after and see if that's where it starts. And if I have to, I'll even toss in maybe a player for to try to sweeten that deal as well.
0: You know, it really doesn't matter at that point. If your heart is set on a guy and you know Rosen or Mayfield can elevate your team. Really, there it's a it's a priceless proposition to get that guy. I mean, we saw how that trade that Philadelphia orchestrated to move up and get Carson Wentz, how that affected the organization overall and long-term. I mean, that's a team set up to win for a very long time right now, and even though he missed out on the playoff run, I have my doubts that things would have turned out much differently in the NFL and the Super Bowl and the a- NFC playoffs if it was if if Carson Wentz was quarterback in that team, I still think the Philadelphia Eagles end up as Super Bowl champions this year. And so, what price is too much for that kind of a, a stability and that type of a leap forward as an organization? I would be willing if I were John Elway, and I don't know, I'm not a, an astute, uh, you know, on the 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 point system on what it takes to move up, but just basing it off what Philadelphia had to give up to move to two that that year. You know, they had to give up their first rounder that year and the next year, a second rounder, and if I recall, a third and a fourth. I don't remember the years in which they had to give him up, but it was it was a very steep, a very expensive proposition, but they had their heart set on the guy. And last year, as a rookie, I should say 2016, because that's that's not last year anymore, but 2016, Wentz's rookie year, it was kind of looking like, you know, you saw the potential there, but you're kind of like, mm, is, was that really worth it for Philadelphia? Fast forward one more year, and oh my goodness. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles were dominating the NFL. Think back to how he just blitzkrieged the Denver Broncos in that defense. I mean, I I was completely dumbfounded at how dominant he was as a quarterback. And the Philadelphia Eagles have that to look forward to for at least the next 10 years. If the Broncos can get a quarterback like that, and I believe that both Josh Rosen, more so Josh Rosen for me, I used to be Mayfield, now it's w- number one for me is Josh Rosen. If you can get Rosen or Mayfield, though, I mean, that's going to catapult this team. And I don't think there's really any price within reason. I mean, it's got to be within the realm of the point system and, and all that. But Broncos fans who get there, you know what, all puckered about the idea of trading up a couple of ones, you know, trading away a couple of ones and a two and a three in order to go get that guy. I understand your reticence. I understand your hesitation with the lessons of Paxton Lynch so fresh on all of our minds, but because of those lessons, and John Elway talked about it at the combine, lest we forget, he talked about the lessons the team has already learned from their failures with Paxton Lynch, and he said it. What's the the thing about drafting rookie quarterbacks? What's the key to success? Elway's answer, and I'll paraphrase, was they got to play, and they got to play early. He said that in a, in essence, I mean, I don't have the quote in front of me because it's just the organic way this conversation turned, but that's basically what he said. So you can bet your bottom dollar that if the Broncos end up taking a quarterback in the first round in the top five this year – It's going to be because that dude's going to be playing in August, September, October, November. The the plan is going to be in place, Eric, for them to immediately step in. No open competitions, no let's see how it plays out. It's from on high, this is the guy, make it work.
1: Yeah, I agree. And with the Eagles, it needs to be remembered, too, is that they didn't trade up once. They moved up twice to get Carson Wentz. Mm
0: -hmm. They really
1: had their eyes on him because they moved up with, who was it, the... I can't can't remember who they moved up with somebody and then they moved up again. I I remember that because people were, people were dumbfounded that they decided to do that. And obviously it paid out tremendously for them. It all comes down to cost. And these pick value charts that people always reference and stuff, they are outdated. I mean, it's before the compensatory picks really Mm -hmm. became trade before they became tradable. And when you're going for a quarterback, the value thrown out the window. It's right. so much different for a quarterback. Right. And I'm always hesitant to give up a first-round pick. I don't care how far up you're moving. It's always I, – I, I'm always iffy about that because that's where, you know, you're trying to get that stud and the star for the future. Yep. But if it has to – if it comes down to it, Denver can't work a trade. I'm, I'm – I'm, of course I'm going to be willing to offer – one first-round pick to try to move up, maybe not next year, but the year after. You know, somewhere mm-hmm. to try and entice it a little bit. Yeah. Second round next year, first round the year after that, and then first and third, and this year on another fourth-round pick or even a player. Yeah. Uh, maybe Shane Ray,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: just to get him off the team.
0: <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Well,
1: it. Yeah. You but you have there's always a risk, and you have to balance the value of the position and the risk. Yeah. Because if you make this trade up and it doesn't pan out, then it's just a mess. Washington, when they traded up for RG3, yeah, they got lucky because they got Cousins and (laughs) that obviously, it worked out a little bit for them, though I'm sure if they could, they would redo that and wouldn't take Griffin.
0: Yep.
1: So it's always a risk, but, and, and you have to calculate that it. I'm willing to do it, and as you said, and as Elway said, you get a guy in the top ten, especially he's got to start year one at quarterback. He has to. He has to. Period. End of story. And that's why I make it. It's hard for me to see them really being after Josh Allen, like some of these reports are saying, or even Sam Darnold, because I don't think either one of them should or will start day one.
0: Yeah. Well, it is going to be an absolutely whirlwind of a week coming up here when free agency opens. Many of the questions we have now about what the Broncos are going to do on draft day. We're going to get some clarity on it, believe it or not, a week from now in terms of what they do in free agency. And we're going to be here to break it all down for you. But that's all the time we have for today. We wanted to do just kind of a quick little conversation, a quick session for you guys here, a quick episode. And we ran a little bit long because we're both sick maniacs when it comes to this type of thing. So Big thanks to Eric, my friend, again, for joining me on the show today. You can find Eric on Twitter, at Eric Trickle, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Whether it's me, Eric, Nick, Carl, tweet us your questions. We're always going to try to address your concerns on the show as often as we can. And I guess I should also mention Khalid Alshami as well. I'm working on an episode here coming up soon that's going to be fully dedicated to the Mile High Mailbag, so look for that Probably within the next week, I'm going to try and get that in. So send me your questions. If you have them, you can hit me up on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, you guys. For Eric, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you soon. Mile-high huddle.